Beep. Boop. Beep. Beep. Boop. Gonk. <laughs> Gonky talk. Well, it's Wednesday night, and we're at Rachel's apartment, and that Whoa. must mean it's Starformers night. Welcome, everyone, to Rebels and Robots, episode 10. The big I can't believe we made it. We made it. You know, it's funny when I'm listening to podcasts, I fly, fly through them so quickly, like 10 episodes, it feels like nothing. But when you're recording them in real time, 10 episodes real time. feels like a lot. So, um, you know, congratulations, Rachel, for getting Whoa, through congr- 10 episodes of a podcast I, with I can't, me. I can't believe we've gotten this far. Truly a testament to our friendship. Absolutely. I uh, I forgot to do our official intro where I say Rebels and Robots. I'm Cameron. I'm Rachel. And we talk about Star Wars and... Transformers. Absolutely. Sometimes. <laughs> we try. We normally find fun ways. It's, it's almost like... It's been a lot of Star Wars. <laughs> it's almost like a blatant Star Wars podcast where we try to slip in slide Transformers references. I found this one funny meme from Twitter about Transformers Hey, you know week. what? It's... That's that's where the Transformers community lives right now is waiting <laughs> in large. purgatory for Rise of the Beasts <laughs> between Earth Spark and Rise No. Yeah, Earth between Earth Spark and Rise of the Beasts. There's not a lot going for them right now. Oh man. Hey, they Optimus Prime did get that Lifetime Achievement Award last week. Oh my week. gosh, Cameron, no wait. I have to tell you. Kick us off. Okay, so as we spoke, um, they awarded Optimus Prime the lifetime achievement um, for Nickelodeon at the yeah Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. Do you know how many people have gotten that? I remember you told me this week, but I don't remember what the number was. Uh, two. Bef- prior, two prior. No, people. total. Total. Optimus Prime total. is the second. <laughs> He's the second one. Do they start it last year though? Like how long have they I been don't doing think it? So let me. Um... I almost typed in Mandalorian Kids Choice Awards. <laughs> do you want to know who <laughs> Nickelodeon? Who, do you want to know who's? Um, oh my gosh! Why can't I find it? No. Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards Lifetime Achievement. I cannot believe I didn't. Uh! Okay, do you know who it is? Do you? Um, I'm gonna guess someone like. Um, let me let me guess. Let me guess. I'm gonna guess someone like uh, Cena. Uh, John Cena, or The Rock, or Rosie O'Donnell. I'm shaking my head. You guys okay. can't see that. Who? Dan Schneider in 2014. No, that's too deep <laughs> of a thing to unpack on a podcast like this. It's totally irrelevant. Oh but gosh. just just look up a video on Dan. So here it is. Winners. Wow. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's too that's much. It. That's I'm not. It. There's too much to explain there. I will just say, I would never have thought there'd be something in common between Dan Snyder and Optimus Prime, but <laughs> life finds a way. The Venn diagram of Optimus Prime and Dan Snyder. <laughs> it's it's a very small middle that they share. And wanted for war crimes. <laughs> Oh, no. But yeah, so. God, gosh. <laughs> We're off to a strong uh, start tonight. Okay. Let, <laughs> wow. Thank you for finding that, though. That's You're some welcome. deep research. How did You're, you find that? Like, I why? just saw it online where someone was like, 
Oh, someone else someone, said it. Okay. Yes, I don't have the credit. I didn't look up who's won the lifetime. That's okay. But someone said only two people. I think it was TikTok. So like, only two people have won it. And I was like, that sounds fake. So I looked it up and it's not. The list is wow. Dan Schneider in 2014 and Optimus Prime in 2023. Hilarious. <laughs> so who's going to get it in the next 10 years? <laughs> That's okay. crazy. Uh, well, on a much lighter note than that... Um, from this last week, I met up with my old roommate. Um, hadn't seen this guy like three years. And um, really, got, yeah, he's my first roommate um, when I was a grad student. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so shout out to uh. Max. Um, I really doubt he's going to listen to the pod, but um, docking, doxing. <laughs> <laughs> he um, we talk, got talking about Star Wars, and then uh, later on, he mentioned his cats and his. One of his cats' names is Cassian, Aww. which I, I think is a normal name. I think there are people named Cassian, so I didn't presume it was named Star Wars after Star Wars, but he told me it is named after <laughs> Andor. Is, these are my cats, Star and Wars. <laughs> but he uh, he named his cat after Cassian Andor. That was very Top cute. Tier. It's very adorable. So Cats and Andor. Cats. Oh man, what Cats a missed opportunity. Um, what what do you have in other news? from last week do you know what was supposed to come out this week on the 17th i have no idea jedi survivor the game when did they delay it april 28th oh yeah i think we talked about that on the pod a few weeks ago that it got delayed a few weeks did we uh, i don't not. remember that i when thought we talked about the when did they delay it like just this week oh wow they, so it was supposed to come out this week they mm-hmm, delayed it this mm-hmm, week mm-hmm. are you serious uh yeah apparently for bugs to like really f- uh fine-tune some bugs Star Wars Jedi Survivor, correct? Yep. So is that, is there any connection between this game and the original Star Wars Jedi series? Yes. Wait, wait what do you mean? Um, there was it's like Star di- Wars Jedi Outcast, Star Wars Jedi no. Knight. No, it is a direct sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. But even like this, like Fallen Order, like Jedi Fallen Order, like that's, because this is titled Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor. Which makes it seem like it's almost a reboot of the original Star that Wars Jedi series. I'm not series. sure, because it only follows um, Cal, Kestis. Cal Kestis. That's just interesting they would use that exact title. Star Wars Jedi is the official name of the game series. There Wars... already was a Star Wars Jedi series. It, it, was, it was like a continuation of the Shadow of the Empire. Because oh. it, it followed um, Jedi Outcast. You played as... Uh, Kyle Katarn? Oh, I know who you're Kyle Katarn? Something like mm-hmm. Kyle Katarn, I think is his name. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And then yep, in yep. the sequel to that, mm-hmm. Jedi Knight. No, it was Jedi. No, sorry. It was not the Jedi series. It was the Jedi Knight series. It was Jedi Knight. Jedi Outcast was the name of the game. You agreed to stay away. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> <laughs> and, Wrong game, but. And then the second game was called Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. Mm. And you got to like create your own character. And you were at Luke's. Um, temple on Yavin. Um, this, this was pre. This was pre, <laughs> pre Disney. Pre, oh, so you don't pre get Kylo. You don't get purged at the end by a, <laughs> a young Kylo Ren. It's a it's a reputation based game on how well you treat Kylo if you live or not. <laughs> um, not that I'm aware of. It is solely about Cal Kestis and because it's placed in, after Order sixty six. Which I guess yeah, Jedi it's just is uh, it is interesting that there was a Jedi Knight I, series and this is called Jedi. Um, so when I played uh, spoilers for Jedi Fallen Order, um, 
He plays Cal Kestis five years after Order 66, and dude's just living, surviving, living his not-so-best life under the Empire as a Jedi survivor, um, which is the next game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and about, I think, two-thirds of the game, it's because throughout the game, Cal is healing his relationship with the Force, and you get his flashback when Order 66 uh-huh. happens. I've seen that on YouTube. You see, and it, well, the clones gives him a high five. He's uh-huh. like, good job. And then, so I'm playing it, and you know, Order 66 happens, and I'm like, oh, this is so sad. And then it starts playing, the the music starts playing Anakin's Dark Deeds. And I was like, <laughs> oh no, it got so much worse. I love that song. That's my favorite. It's my favorite song. I'm always, um, oh, I was no, saying, no, go ahead, go ahead. I live in fear of accidentally like walking around in public with my headphones in and I get confronted by one of those like TikTokers. They're like, what music are you listening to? And I'm like, I don't know how to explain that I'm listening to Anakin's Dark Deeds. I don't know how. I don't know how that, how to explain Because they always do like a little snippet of me. Like, and lot, you know, it's a lot of like classical or podcast. And it's, can you imagine? It's Anakin's Dark Deeds. Thanks. Bye. Uh-huh. Um, so in other news, I learned. So South by Southwest was this last week, which is a arts festival in austin texas a lot of films premiere there um and one that i had not heard of prior premiered it's a documentary called a disturbance in the force um and it's a documentary about the star wars holiday special (laughs) (laughs) of all things you were about to say i did not know where that was going (laughs) um i had not heard of this prior and i think um we'll have to watch it whenever we get a chance to yeah <laughs> and i'm looking maybe at maybe when bad badge is over it's over i'm not sure who the two guys who directed this were they don't have a ton of imdb credits the most recent one of the directors has never directed before oh <laughs> his most recent credit on imdb as far as a, being a producer is being a segment producer on the original whose line is it anyways what wild the uh improv show hosted by uh drew carey drew carey yeah it's, oh uh, my god! Yeah, so I don't know who these guys are, but uh, so it's got to be funny, right? Maybe. Oh, the documentary. Yeah, I can't see how you can't. No, it definitely is because it has um, listed on here people who are interviewed include Weird Al, um, Gilbert Gottfried, um, which you don't know is a fav- famous comedian who was the voice original voice of the Affleck duck. Um, Wait, very, and he's the voice of Iago in. Um, Isn't he Aladdin. dead? don't know he's not my brother actually met him last year i don't know who who you're thinking of but he's not dead uh no never mind i was wrong <laughs> he died last april <laughs> i did not realize this rest in peace gilbert who did your brother meet he must have met him it may have been two years ago okay. but he met him rest in peace or gilbert it may have been like me. right before he died wow crazy so- sorry to burst, it's been less than a year sorry to burst your bubble but as you said that i was like I don't think that's right. I didn't know that. And um, also on the documentary is uh, Seth Green um, <laughs> from Family Guy. And he also one of the creators of mm. Robot Chicken and such. So there's a lot. And there's a lot of uh, Paul Shears also on here. A lot of comedians. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. Um, so anyways, I think that'd be fun to watch. Just a bit of news there. Um, you got anything else? I had an interesting, uh, not an interesting, I had a fun conversation with some friends the other night. We were playing games and topic of 
the second Mando episode came up and, you know, the topic of, you know, Bo saved Din. Why doesn't she have the Darksaber? You mm-hmm. know, why does why is it not technically hers at this point? He was incapacitated. She saved him. By law, wouldn't it be hers? And I was like, well, it doesn't it doesn't really matter because she lost it before. So in the eyes of the people, like she's lost her choice. She's lost her chance. Like mm-hmm. these people have not seen Rebels. <laughs> so <laughs> Rebels spoilers. <laughs> Season three specifically. Anyways, uh, um, and they, so they're discussing like if she won it before, why not? Like why why wouldn't why wouldn't it why wouldn't she have it? And I had to like hold myself back because none of them have seen Rebels, and I know some of them are working their way through it. And I'm like, I can't answer that. <laughs> it's because she was given given the dark saber, so it doesn't matter. Because mm. oh, because yeah. she was given to it, they're like, okay, I guess we'll allow it. But because she, you know, was given to her, and then she lost it. So it's not even like she lost it and got, like, homegirl, in the eyes of the people, screwed up. <laughs> so anyways, I was just, like, sitting there, like, that meme of the kid, like, concentrating, like, the veins popping out on his forehead. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. That's yes, how yes. I felt. I was like, I can't spoil it. <laughs> I know the answer, but I was like, I was literally like, I was like, I can't. I can't say this information without spoiling mm. very important lore in Rebels. Mm. And it was funny because my, my best friend was like, man, I guess I just need to watch Rebels. And I was like, yes. Darn right. Do it. Um, so that was pretty much it. But it was, it was, it was like, oh, man, because she never really won it in the first place. It was given to her. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I was just like, <sighs> the, only, the only person really in the room who'd seen all of Rebels. So I was like, I have the info and the lore. <laughs> But I know some of y'all are watching it right now, so I can't say it. Mm-hmm. Um, my last item for the intro segment is um, just a, an observation, a possible, not necessarily conspiracy theory, because we know that Disney Plus changes things um, no. after they've uploaded. Um, but do you recall when we watched Book of Boba Fett together, um, there were... They be put two ran- episodes of Mando. <laughs> yes, we all, we, we've talked that to death. <laughs> no, um... There were they would be random shots that were like underexposed. There'd yeah. be random like it would like it would cut to a different angle and yes. that shot would be really dark. I'm currently rewatching Boba Fett uh, with my fiance and I haven't noticed that at all. Interesting. Um and it's funny that I would bring it up this particular week. Uh, actually what kind of reminded me to write it down was there was something weird going on with your TV and we couldn't figure out if it was your TV. But this week, we've never experienced it before. It was like random color flashes. But this was different. This was distinct shots were yeah. not exposed. And it happened a lot in the desert scenes. Yes. Cause... I have not noticed that once. And yeah. we have similar televisions, you and I. We both have Vizios. My TV's 4K. So I think... And it, it wasn't doing it with my Switch. And we were also watching boba fett like the day it came out yes so i suspect they made some mistakes in those uploads somehow what mistakes i, I wonder i'm gonna try to do a quick google search to see and if i can find anything about this maybe reddit would probably know book of boba fett like mistakes exposure in, problems mistakes on in, disney Plus. in my editing yeah if you, if you google search book of boba fett mistakes i think i'm gonna get a lot <laughs> you're gonna get oh i should keep my mouth shut um, you're gonna get other podcasts cameron it's still it's still a bunch of people complaining star wars theory 
Um, <laughs> Maybe cut that out. <laughs> let's see. Here. Slanders other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, do it. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know how to Google search this. Nothing's immediately coming up. Mm. Uh, Book of Boba Fett. Like, this is what happens when you pay all those artists in exposure. Lighting issues. Dolby Vision issues. For some reason. Yeah, here's a here's someone talking about it on Reddit. Thanks, Reddit. Uh, Dolby Vision issues. For some reason, when I watch the show on Apple TV, it seems like slight brightness issues at the end of a shot. Hasn't happened. Any, uh, can you explain? Highlights. No, not much going on here. Huh? Not sure. Um, here's another. Um, I don't know. I should have done this before the show. Not particularly interesting. I thought it was fascinating. Just I just noticed it and thought it was it was uh, something. So, anyways, um, do you have anything else for this segment? That's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, ooh, actually, no. Um, I'm a liar. Um, I saw an inter- I saw an interview. Oh, and I just can't remember her name. She played. She plays Bo-Katan. Her name has just slipped past me. I don't know her name. Oh, they did an actress head. for. Uh, they did an interview of. Let's who, see, who are Mandalorian you? The, the of actress of Katie Katie Sackoff. They did a um, interview with her. Yes, and so she's also the voice actor for Bo-Katan in hmm? the the animated series. And they were talking about um, how when she first came into the Clone Wars. Uh, Dave Filoni apparently was like, "Hey, you know, if we play this, this play, we play this well enough." This could be live action someday, and she was like, "That's that's never going to happen, Dave." <laughs> there she is, <laughs> and look at you and now. Look at you now, Dave Filoni, very carefully choosing choosing voice actors that look like their characters. Yes, or vice versa. Yeah, they probably modeled it after her. So, I thought it was kind that's, of that was, that's like it's it's fun, you know. You, you voice his character, and then imagine Dave Filoni calls you up, or John Favreau, whoever it is. Hey. You want to do a live action? So what you're saying is we're going to see uh, David Oyelowo in live action as... Stop that! As Callus. Stop, stop that. That would totally work. It'd be a seamless transition <laughs> for that, that actor. You know who we could... You know who we could... You know who we could, you know who we could see? Who? Fen Rao. Yeah, okay. We I, could I see him. I would love to see live action Kyle... Uh, not Kyle, I was about to say the wrong name. Live action... Uh, I've totally, I just, Cal Kestis is stuck in my head now for some reason. Are you thinking Sam Witwer is Starkiller? No, I'd love to see that. I would love, what I'm trying to say is I would love to see live action Callus with David Oyelowo and just, they just don't address they the never, skin color difference at all. They never acknowledge it. Uh, for those who don't know, David Oyelowo is pretty dark black man and Cal Kestis is an Imperial officer. You mean Cal Kestis the Jedi? Gosh dang it. I don't know why the name is stuck in my head now. Do I need, do, do I need to start Look, the conversation? Kestis and Kellis. Those are very similar names. Kallus is a very white man. And uh, he's an Imperial officer. There's not, they're either white or blue. Those are the two colors. Um, and I would, it would be great if he showed up in live action. They just didn't do anything. Just didn't address it at all. That would be phenomenal in my opinion. <laughs> Anyways, no. <laughs> um, so we've Sorry. got two Star Wars episodes to talk about <laughs> today. Over here. Um, did we? Did we? 
Did we start that conversation when we saw See How They Run? Almost certainly. <laughs> I feel like I leaned over to in the theater and I was like, what if, what if they bring back David? It's just... Anyways, Do anyways, it. we Do got it. two episodes. Do it. Um, so let's, let's kick it off with a little bit of Bad Batch. Um, Bad Batch, season two, episode 13, Pabu. <laughs> <laughs> It only goes downhill from there. <laughs> I, but it also only gets funnier, too. It's so hilarious. Um, I did, first thing that popped in my head, and I said this when we watched it, I was like, Pabu, that must be a typo. Surely they mean Babu, as in Babu Freak. Yeah, uh-huh. Can you imagine if Babu showed up in this episode? Let's put him in every episode. Is it, he, he's like the Mickey ears in Disney. <laughs> <laughs> in Disney what if he films. showed up in every episode, but where to slightly different, like, piece of facial hair like he's supposed to be a different a, man i would he's love to see a running joke in star wars where the joke is it's a puppet but he the puppet itself is an actor playing a different character so it's <laughs> it's the actor babu frick playing a different character in star oh wars so it's not like he's li- literally supposed to be babu frick but it is the puppet he's an, as he's a different character <laughs> i would love that um anyways Too good so immediately, Fee, we noticed that Fee is back, <laughs> which last week we were like pretty certain we would never see her again. And first words out of your mouth, oh no, she's back. And she wasn't as bad this no, episode. No, she really wasn't. If she ends up betraying them later, I'm going to be super pissed just because... Look, she's, look, she either betrays them with Sid or she and Tech live happily ever after. I don't know where <laughs> they're going with that. Yeah, good. The tech, point. the tech girlies are gonna be real upset if little happens. half black, half clone babies running around on Pabu. <laughs> There's a lot of diversity in our Star Wars conversation this week. <laughs> the uh, I would say the Mando episode's pretty diverse as well. The the clones are Maori. Yeah. It's Maori. funny to say half clone though. <laughs> um, so we there's a black market deal goes wrong um, in a bar, and as they do, we get drunk wrecker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty fun. Um, I I had I don't have a lot of comment. I only really have one comment about that scene, which is um, when she when I think uh, either Fee or Omega says that they describe Fee as a liberator of ancient wonders. Uh, first thing that popped in my head was that's what the British Museum said. <laughs> <laughs> like Very that's good. that's what they yeah. said. Uh huh. And so then they they jump on their ship and uh, just they did leave. They did, <laughs> and uh, they get a call from Sid. And I don't know why exactly uh, Fee extrapolates from that message, but it's a reveal to us that they have cut all ties. Twenty four episodes later. <laughs> Like, what a monumental and phenomenal piece of information just to kind of drop on us yeah. all of a sudden. Made me incredibly through, through happy. Through a voicemail. <laughs> Not an actual dedicated scene of voicemail. And she's pretty much threatening them, saying that we know each other too well, air quotes. Air quote. Meaning that she could easily turn them into the Empire. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. And, and Sophie asked them, what's your plan? And he's like this is it i was like leaving her on red <laughs> ghosting her this is it <laughs> oh man <laughs> blocked <laughs> you can no longer send messages to this user <laughs> i just tried to type down david oyello and it 
autocorrected to David Ocelot. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, like 24, 25 episodes later. Yeah. That is crazy. That means we've old like, gosh, I don't know. I've been waiting for them to get to this point for a while. It felt like it would never come. But yeah. Uh, joyous day, Kalukale. And so then she's like, okay, well, I got to take you somewhere. And right before that, they were having a conversation about how uh omega's become an excellent soldier but she needs like other skills and to be socialized and stuff and so girls gotta teach her how to paint uh, her nails and do makeup and i don't I'm gonna know. go to was it finishing school <laughs> teach her how to like balance something on her head and get, sit up straight get her, get her mrs degree <laughs> um and so they go to i don't know the i don't know if they say the name of the planet but the city at least the island is called it's pabu mm-hmm. um and immediately well, not immediately. Before they start talking to anyone, I got very strong Studio Ghibli vibes between the music and like the colors. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> our conversation to get to Studio Ghibli. I couldn't. Was so okay. Funny. So what I said, I could not remember Studio Ghibli or Miyazaki. Wait, is it Miyazaki? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and I can remember either of those names. So I went to. Uh, who it feels like who's the people who made like Toto and you go Japan <laughs> like I know is that what I mean <laughs> so so after three tries we finally got Studio Ghibli yeah <laughs> um one one thing I thought about that it reminds me this is gonna be I guess a niche reference that I think I'm the only person that's gonna get unless you've played it it reminded me of the island you go to in uh, Plague Tale Requiem I mean, I'm sure people have played that, but I don't get it. None of our listeners, probably, if you're Hold out on. there. So they meet a gentleman shortly after landing. Named Shep Hazard. That's what I'm just... Ha- Shep Hazard? Yes, it sounds like Ship Hazard. Because it's an island it's, where boats crash? Like, I don't what? know. This is a uh, dumb name. Anyways, Shep looks like a leader from one of the Civilization games. <laughs> oh, so... Just our weekly voice actor check. Ah, yes. Who is Amari it? Amari Williams is the man who plays Shep Hazard or whatever you pronounce it. I know it. that name. And he was a voice of Boulder in Transformers Rescue Bots. <laughs> um, he is the voice of Two-Face in the Lego Dimensions video game. I might have that. But it's just like every week, every week there is a... That's actually his most known for. That's his top Cameron, IMDb Cameron, credit Cameron, is Transformers. It's all connected, Cameron. Every week there's a Transformers actor. It's this, so this great. This is what connects to the robots part yeah. of the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, he played in Transformers Autobot Alliance. He played Buzzsaw and Laserbeak. Classic Laserbeak. <laughs> Transformers. Ba, ba, uh, da, 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 da. Um, and that's that's it for Transformers. Ha- Has- still, though... Hasbro's going to get us. He's in everyone's favorite video game, The Last of Us Part Two. Oh shoot, for real? Yeah. Ooh, actually, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was being sarcastic. <laughs> He's in the English version of One Punch Man. He's in mm-hmm. a lot of video games, which I don't know ba, video games ba, as well. Ba, um, the new XCOM. Dang. He's in Fortnite as the Cloak oh Star. My gosh. I don't know what that means. Um, he's in some Spider-Man cartoons. He's in World of Warcraft. Um. He was in a previous Star Wars thing, Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, as Prashy. Hmm. Prashy. 
Who's Preshy? I'm curious now. Preshy is um it's loading just one of the aliens at the like uh um the cantina they go to yeah. uh Moscanada's cantina that's fun um so yeah so that's another fun weekly um and his his wife i didn't realize he had a wife i didn't catch that liana is played by andy his last name is a l l o she's from cameroon africa Wait, like his wife in his wife in real life? No, the character's wife. Did we Shep's see wife. her? I don't. I must have been really Did briefly. We see she's her? credited though. That's what she's credited. It's possible she got cut out. Sometimes yeah, a character a will scene. be credited in a thing, but then not actually be in it. She's actually done almost entirely live action before. So I'm, oh boy, this is actually the first time she's done voice acting. You know what? I'm actually. I would have flipped it. I mean, I don't know. The guy who played Shep, I thought, did terrible. That was my next point, as I was trying to get it to, was as soon as he started talking, it, and then some other lines of dialogue made it feel very, like, children's video game-y. Like a, like a point-click adventure for kindergartners. Jack and Daxter. I thought Jack and Daxter. I also thought Wind Waker. Are those both children's click point-and-click adventures for five-year-olds? Well, no, but they are <laughs> video games that are on islands. Yeah. I, well, I think it's technically Jack and Daxter, too that i'm thinking of um and so whenever i first started listing off this guy's credits who, who i think voiced, he was saying something who voiced his daughter um Liana. oh do you know what that's probably who it is it's his daughter nah, not his I wife say, i don't know I why like, i didn't think about that that makes oh. way more sense she was actually okay yeah she's fine she for not having voice acted before i thought she did a fine job now She's a grown woman, so she probably will not be playing. It's not the same situation as before, unless they want her for something way down the road. Stranger things have happened. Stranger um, things. Nah. <laughs> Mind flayers, actually, in the next episode. <laughs> um. So, anyways, so, were you saying something before I started listening? I do not off? remember what it was. Well, if you remember, just shout it out. I'm interrupt not me. Remember. Um, <laughs> not until I can't be that important. <laughs> Um, so they start considering staying on the island. They don't give very good, like, convincing reasons for why they'd want to stay. Like, it makes sense why they'd want to stay somewhere so quiet and isolated. But as far as, like... It's like, it's nice. I I think you would want to, on a narrative level, you'd want to give the characters more of a reason to stay. Yeah. And the strongest connection to the island is Wrecker really loving the food. Yeah. Or the fact that there are children Omega's age. Yeah. At least one. And, um, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe Tech does really have the hots for Fee. Just we like might. Fee has the hots for, for Tech. She loves that man. And so then, um... Some tremors occur. Oh, signaling you, a flood no. is. Did I skip something? Yeah. The lights, Cameron. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Yeah. How could I forget this awe inspiring Spielbergian esque wonder? As, as you said, congratulations. You've invented electricity. <laughs> they stop for a moment. I don't remember what is said, but someone's like, it's time. They're time for what? Take a look. And then, like, yeah, automatic streetlights turn it's on. It's time for the streetlights to turn on so all the kids come home. <laughs> yeah like the, i don't know there's nowhere 
in our current society, that would be interesting. I'd be like, wow. Imagine living in a universe where you have traveled to multiple planets. Wouldn't even register. I think my thing, I was confused. I was like, it's not as pretty as Coruscant, which we see in, in yeah. Mando, but that's spoilers. We'll get to oh, that. Oh, man. See, there is a really nice moment in Mando where just like a really quiet, short moment. They don't draw too much attention where he's like amazed by the city. Like mm-hmm. That is a nice, it's, mm-hmm. what a, man, the difference between these two episodes in how in quality and like meaningfulness. I feel like that also kind of happened last episode, last week, but switched with the outpost and then the second episode um, of Man- not as drastic. not to such a drastic degree but yes last week's episode of bad batch did have an actual narrative and felt like it was trying to do something and you get one every three episodes yeah uh-huh so then there's some tremors and they're i love they're like <laughs> they go i think there's gonna be some uh water surge and they're like no, we would know because there's a, a warning system. And then immediately, <laughs> as soon as he says that, oh, great comedic timing. Oh, my. Yeah. We if that's supposed to be funny, that is totally way out of place. But it is accidentally hilarious. So, yeah. So, a tsunami is coming. And they're like, we have to. And so, Omega and I think Liana, they're out on the boat. Uh huh. Honestly, if they hadn't turned back, if they they should have just ridden out the water. Yeah. Like, on, if you're honestly, I think I'd rather be on a boat in a tsunami because you can at least try to get past the crest. Yeah, but it's people... also hard to tell on that planet, as you said, those aren't mountains. Yeah, <laughs> they turn, they see the the wave coming, and in a reference to Interstellar, I said, <laughs> "Those aren't mountains." And every every beat in the song is a year past, of course. <laughs> And every second of animation is a year aged on the on the animators. That's why our backs are so bad by age twenty seven. You were talking about they should have known to stay out farther from the ocean until the wave passed. I mean, farther from the island. These people aren't particularly bright because they are also like um, it's been thirty years since we had any any problems. This island is was clearly originally they built high up on the island. And they had mm-hmm. a, like a seawall, and then mm-hmm. eventually they decided to start building. On the other side, you have upper and lower um, Pabu. Pabu. And uh, sounds like a British children's television show. Um, 30 years, in my opinion, is not nearly long enough to be like... Because that means they must have started building Mm -hmm. no sooner than like 10 years ago. So that means 20 years. It's like, oh, yeah, there's not been a horrible storm in 20 years. We can start rebuilding start building homes Midwestern with towns no after a tornado with no sort of system in place to yeah. save these people like they have the ladders that are rusted over so bad yeah you, you know some we're, we need to evacuate some of these people who may not be able to you know maybe some older younger kids mm-hmm. throw them up the ladders <laughs> throw them up the 50 foot ladders too the last thing, mm-hmm. like the arm, first of all, it's a hanging ladder. Second of all, the arm strength to hoist yourself up that far, that's kind of a lot, but whatever. Well, we're circling around my two favorite moments, the first of which being uh, they go back through the town looking to see if anyone's left over, and this is an old man just casually sitting there. And like, did he not notice everyone panicking for their lives a few seconds ago? These and young no kids. One, no, no one, one did anything. Him. No one was like, hey, gra- 
just knocked over a box. Sorry. Hey, Grandpa, we gotta go. <laughs> like, oh man, and we had introduced been introduced. We had been introduced to this character earlier, and this man, this man is so comically old. It's hilarious. <laughs> like the voice performance is like anyone doing the voice of an old man. <laughs> Oh, oh I are hope, you young? I can't hear you so well. I hope I don't get left behind in an emergency <laughs> situation later. <laughs> it was just like we have to look for survivors. And fortunately, they went down the correct the of the like forty streets that yeah, are down there. They uh, found the one old man. Uh huh. And uh, my second favorite moment is when they're like releasing the stairs. They finally get the release free. And it cuts this super wide shot of these like really long these ladders two falling. Ladders. And I just really wanted to bonk someone in the head so badly. Um, and then... The, because the last thing I want to do is if I can keep running up a ramp, I want to wait in line for a ladder. Uh, makes no sense. It really... like. like mm-hmm. And look, what we're really... The problem that we're being shown here is you and I would be very willing to overlook a lot of this in any Star Wars that is engaging or interesting. I love funny Star Wars. I oh, love absolutely. when Star Wars doesn't make sense, but it was like... Or even I like think, in the midst of like engaging action, you don't think as much about the logic of it. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like... I don't want to say my patience is running out with the Bad Batch. I'm still going to keep watching it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like... The speed at which I expected season two to go based off of the last season was re I was expecting a whole lot more. And I don't like to throw around that's a filler episode because I feel like that is thrown around so much lately. Sure. I, like the second there's not and like when there's like a slower paced episode, you're like, that's filler. And I'm like, that's not filler. So, and I hate to like throw that around, but it's like we've had I- I'm all for wanting to do a one-off story. Yes. I'm all for wanting to do pure character development. I'm like, it's all entertainment, ultimately. Yes. It doesn't, it, and it's television. It doesn't, it can be episodic. It can, you can do these little one-off stories. You don't have to be telling an overall narrative mm-hmm. every week. Yep. But when it is nothing, it's not entertaining. It's not teaching us anything. It's not like I think doing an homage, an interesting homage. I think it's also just the, consistency of these kinds of episodes we're getting in bad mm. batch so anyways to wrap up the recap um they get everyone to safety they use the ship to go save uh omega and her new friend and then they're like oh okay so then um texas something that was a little confusing to me i'm not exactly sure how sure how long a uh rotation is yeah um i they, feel like it's got to depend on each planet sure but I think the most, the closest analogy would be a day, right? Yeah. It can't be a year because earlier in the episode, they said a Sid's uh, message said it had been 20 cycles. Mm-hmm. And we know that um, uh, Crosshair was on a, on Camino for like, what was it, like 28 cycles? Yeah, something around there. So it can't be any more than like a couple days for one cycle so um like let's say it's at most a week like that there's no way to longer than a week is a cycle the Um, rest of the season is just them building rebuilding pavu but they say he says probably will take a few like several cycles Mm -hmm. 
I can't imagine them. Let's say it's one week per cycle. Let's say it takes seven cycles. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like the house in Encanto. It's alive. Yeah. It just, yeah, whatever. It just makes everything up. Out of it just seemed like a, a drastic underestimate of for what it would take to ha- rebuild half a town. Yeah. With for an incredibly maybe simple people. Maybe they have an army of bobcat vehicles. I don't know. <laughs> they don't have any technology except for construction equipment hidden in the, the island. Construction equipment in the in it the just, mountain. It felt like it undercut the concept of this is going to take a while to rebuild. He just said the number just didn't really check out for me. Anyways. Hunter's like, actually, we can stick around and help. And that's the end of the episode. That's it. And so to address your... And, well, Tech wanted to stay, too. Oh, he yeah. He and Fear side-eyeing each other. That relationship makes no sense to me. I I don't know. I like. Obviously, it would be a bit heavy-handed to have... Every, hey, every introvert guy needs a woman to wear <laughs> the pants. It would be heavy-handed and kind of cliched if he like acted like he hated her. But at least that would be something. I just like they. He just doesn't respond at all. I don't know what she's interested in about him, but it's the goggles. <laughs> Tech showing more affection for Fee, who we've seen in three episodes, versus Echo, <laughs> who was with them for over. What a is year. your problem, child? <laughs> Why are you emotional? Anyways, uh, to address your previous comment about filler episodes, I think the pure motivation this episode is just to give them a place to be attached to so that when omega gets kidnapped in a week or two or three seasons whoever know how long that's gonna take (laughs) it was just they wanted them to be attached to a location once Mm -hmm. omega gets kidnapped and they didn't want to do it in the same episode yeah so this episode was purely to make them have a place to live yeah but it felt like it totally fell flat just 100 Mm percent in my opinion i'm hoping next episode the Sid sells well, them out. The yeah. uh, Empire shows up, and they uh, uh, they kidnap Omega. And then we'll have the week after episodes fifteen and sixteen season finale, and hopefully they'll get a chance to leave Crosshair again. <laughs> Speaking of which, it's been seven days since seven the Crosshair days since the last incident. Crosshair incident. <laughs> the re- the counter was reset last week. <laughs> Ugh, unfortunately, Can you imagine we just didn't see him again for the rest of the season. He's taking so a nap, <laughs> a dirt nap at that point. Um. So, any any other concluding thoughts about this episode? I don't know. They left Sid, so we accomplished that. Yes, that. You know what? That's a good point. That alone makes it an amazing Bad Batch episode. We got what we wanted. Whoa! True fan service. <laughs> True fans. So. Oh. Oh, did we talk about why are they still working with Fee if they cut Sid off when oh, we good, were introduced to Fee via Sid? Yeah, I... Maybe they're just like work buddies. Knowing Sid, if I had worked for her and decided to not work for her anymore, I would not be working with someone I only know because of Sid and I've only worked with once, as far as we know. It's talking about Fee, of course. Maybe Fee just called him up because she wanted to hang out with the boys. Yeah, I mean... It it feels like solar a mistake. cycles are for the boys. I and Fee. this episode doesn't seem to indicate that Fee has any ulterior motives, but you never know. Except yes. for tech. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, That's her know. ulterior motive. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, also, here's one thing I wanted to talk about. So th- there's they're hinting so much at this chemistry between tech and fee uh-huh. that when fee 
when Shep and Liana introduce, like, come to greet Fee, uh-huh. he hugs her, and Wrecker immediately elbows Tech and is like, you got competition. And it's like, there are two options if that is her niece. Either that's her <laughs> brother-in-law or her brother. That's funny. Those are the about that. Those are the two options. <laughs> well, you know what? Collar tug. <laughs> Everyone on Camino, they were related to. So that doesn't even fit. Like the concept of family just doesn't even phase them, I guess. Family. <laughs> yes. Just gonna make a fast and furious joke. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, that was my thought. He's like, You got competition, and I was like, From who? Yeah, it's a it's a weirdly written show, but you know you, you get what you get. Anyways, done talking about Sweet this. Sweet home Pabu. Moving on to Mandalorian Mom Ant. Season three, episode three. Uh I think you mean uh I saw this on Twitter earlier and I didn't know what it meant. Uh, Andor Lorian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not bad. Not a bad uh uh both bad batch parallel. Both bad batch and bad batch season two and Andor <laughs> Oops. Mando season three had solid up third episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh this episode's called The Convert. Uh we start off with Oh, before we start. I okay. Would... <laughs> so we're starting the episode, we're getting through the helmet flashing. And so we're watching the the intro. When you say helmet flashing, you mean like the Star Wars yeah, logo like intro, before yeah. everything on Disney Plus? And so we're in the recap, and you know, there's the quote from Din where he's like, I must bring back proof. And I, <laughs> I turned to Cameron. And so, you know, there's a lot of like baptism, baptismal themes. Yes. And we traveled two years ago to, um, to Israel. Yes. And it made me think of the fact that there are gift shops along the Jordan River where you can buy these little dials these little not, dials of clear of a little too clear water uh river water from <laughs> um a little too clear water so my joke was like he's just gonna bring back a little dial of water <laughs> like how people could buy that and what you know, what it, you know? <laughs> about two seconds into the episode he goes over and takes a little sample of water <laughs> You called it. It was prophetic. One of our friends does that. Everywhere she travels to, she brings a little glass bottle and, um, like, she travels to a beach. She grabs a little hmm. glass bottle and she puts, like, sand and rocks and ocean water in it. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if you know who I'm referring to. I have no idea. That's kind of tell you there. Not on the podcast, though, because that's doxing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already said my roommate's name, but first names aren't normally. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, if anyone knows her, though, they'll know. <laughs> so then they leave the planet and they immediately get into a tie fighter dog fight which is mm. pretty dang sweet if i must say so you did go on a bit of a a bit of a little little tie interceptor <laughs> okay you're gonna call rant. me out on this okay pushes, pushes so glasses up they're all tie interceptors and um he says something about the tie interceptors are stronger and that ticked me off just a little bit i know video game stats aren't normally canon but in Star the original Star Wars Battlefront, the TIE Interceptors were not stronger. They were the, they were a fighter class where they they're weaker and faster and they have like a higher repeating firing rate. And that's what I normally go off of in, in these things is I feel like the video games tend to give you the best idea of like how like the use of something, how strong it is. And they are mm-hmm. smaller and swifter. They try interceptors. So I think it doesn't really matter ultimately, but from my perspective I think TIE Interceptors would not be stronger in the armor than tie fight, normal TIE Fighters. It was just really funny because we're 
because I think Din was like, those are, those are, you know, those are strong TIE, tie fighters. And you just go, they're TIE interceptors. He did call them interceptors, <laughs> I believe. I don't remember. Din barely knows he's in Star Wars. <laughs> so, but we do get to see a really cool dogfight. And we got to see uh, Bo absolutely drift a Mandalorian ship, which was pretty cool. Turned that sucker on a dime. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I know in the past I've called out useless action but let's um, try spinning that's a good trick it didn't feel as useless because at least they're traveling f- from one location to another and it does seem to be setting up there's a line she has where like this is too big of a of a fleet for a few local uh for uh, for a local imperial warlord yeah because it's post-empire mm-hmm. um, so i think they're setting something up with that r5 struggling in the background while Bo is driving <laughs> hilarious absolutely hilarious i oh good I'm a big fan of droids in Star Wars, and him just being stressed out is so oh, funny. Oh, we to missed me. the gonky joke. Oh, <laughs> we don't too, need to say that on, on pod. We'll on, just, we'll on just tweet it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, we'll just tweet it. If you follow us on Twitter, maybe keep an eye out if I remember to tweet that in five days. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so, and her home. They bombed it. Get carpet they bomb. bombed the crap out of it. You got flashbacks Cal- to when they bombed <laughs> Mandalore. It's the second time her home has been bombed. Kalavala, is that what they called it? I don't remember. I don't know. She's like, they bombed. And Din is like, hey, we got a kind of a nice scene where she's chasing down those TIE interceptors, and then 20 of them show up on the radar. And Din's like, hey, we got to go. <laughs> we can make new memories in a new home. <laughs> we can make new memories in the glass on Mandalore. Um, so they jump into hyperspace and then we get to go to Coruscant. Yeah. For so the next cuts, 40 minutes. They're like, where can we go? And he's like, I know a place. And then they jump into hyperspace and it cuts to, um, Coruscant. Well, it cuts to the opening title Oh, and then it cuts to Coruscant and, and we see, uh, Dr. Pershing, the, and clone. we get an episode of Andor in mandalorian you know what i didn't even think about that so pretty much what they've done is mandalorian interrupted boba fett about time and now Mando andor his... is interrupting boba, i was gonna say mando about time mando got his own show hijacked so and i'm all for this I'm me all too for this. Uh, um so, so we... dr pershing is talking um in front of a very large right. crowd imagine it yeah and he's talking about He's like atoning for his uh, career choice with the Empire and his cloning stuff. Uh-huh. Um, two questions. Okay. One, do you think we'll see Pershing somewhere in Bad Batch? They're doing a lot of talking about cloning. Maybe he's too young at this I point. I think he's too young. Yeah, you're probably right. He'd be a kid. Two, that's a big crowd. What if they, he's the only dude on that stage? That's a massive stage. What if they just started heckling him? <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! And start throwing things at him. So, so yeah, he's he's you know talking about how he's like you know I worked for the Empire. What's what's that scene from Eckhart Ralph? I may work for bad guy, but that does not make me bad guy. Okay, I'm gonna take one quick step. I was looking for uh, okay. I was looking for canonical evidence to support my previous claim about the tie interceptors oh on gosh. the Wikipedia page. It says lacking both shield and a hyperdrive. Mm. So there, there it is, go. lacking shields. There we go. They are fast and swift and not strong. Anyways, anyways. Uh, so we see Pershing 
talking about his cloning studies, you know, and which that's just feeding straight into the sequels. Um, totally. Um, and then kind of cool Kaminoan reference because he makes yeah, it talk he just talks about the Kaminoans. I I would have always thought they were called Kaminoans until Bad Batch and now this call them Kaminoans. Is really interesting pronunciation there. I'd be interested to see what if they called Maybe them it's regional. Possibly. I mean, just I'm I'm fine with like having been wrong. Pecan I, versus pecan. I, I wonder though if they call said Kaminoans in Attack of the Clones. Oh yeah. I'm just curious. It's just interesting to me. Hmm. There's like the pronunciation of Han versus Han or the Falcon and the Falcon. Oh. Um. Okay. So this really the so the scene where after Pershing is like atoning. Um. And all these people were coming up to him. And mm-hmm. the one guy, I, and me drafted? Imagine. Um, the whole thing really reminded me of the capital from Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. With how out of touch they were. You Absolutely. Know, they're like, oh, yeah. me drafted? Who can imagine? Like, that's why we stay out of these things. So it's just like, you know, the, the guy who's like, Republic, rebels, and black and Yeah, and you know, they're dressed to the nines. Uh you know, dressed to the nines just thoroughly lavish. And we talked uh-huh. was that the opera house? It was looked very, was similar, very similar to A the opera house, house from the infamous scene in Revenge of the Sith where Palpatine tells Anakin the legend of uh Darth Death Cities. <laughs> See, I almost said Sidious. Plagueis. Plagueis. Um, but so Darth Plagueis, the very interesting. You know how we how we saw Andor. Um, very interesting how fast the decor changes in those places. We saw it in Andor from the Republic to to Andor we, is very imperial. You know they mm-hmm. changed everything. Even in Bad Batch too, we saw that in Coruscant. They were uh-huh. fast with that decor uh-huh. change, uh-huh. and then we see back in Coruscant, it's back to the opulence the op what do you mean by opulence the decor the oh, the, okay. the elegant decor you know I very see. high class I see. yeah luthan would have loved it he's not he's, <laughs> he's not dead but i don't think he's alive at this point um <laughs> you had a funny comment politics in my star wars yeah it was it was very jarring to go from such a, a bombastic action scene to ha, some ha, ha. very blatant political uh yeah. commentary something we have not really seen much in mandalorian but something that is an underlying element of star wars it, it really went from haha funny silver tin man to is the new government really the even better than the old government well i don't of? know if it's necessarily necessarily a criticism of the government per se it's a criticism of the people for sure it introduces this concept it's been roughly 30 years mm-hmm. since the uh, the empire took over mm-hmm. which means there are people like if let's say you were 30 years old when the empire took over you could very easily I and mean, you have lived through all of it well sorry continue so if you were a rich person living in coruscant in the, the clone wars you've supported this one war that mm-hmm. was totally corrupt now you're supporting the rise of the empire and now you lift the whole empire rich which means you must have done some shady not so good stuff and now you're living in the republic that's what these people are and we see that in the last jedi with canto bite 
Absolutely. these people who profited because, you know, they sold ships. They mm-hmm. carried on sure. business as yeah. usual. They're rich. They're living it up. Mm-hmm. Eat the rich. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And there's even, to step back on the list of people who were there, a golden Mon Calamari, <laughs> which is, if you didn't already get these people were uh, very affluent that that sealed it um so yeah it was very blunt and on the nose but i thought it was a really fascinating idea of yeah there's this whole massive group of people who just have profited no matter what Mm -hmm. who have lived through all these different wars and tomato tomato are just so philosophically flimsy Mm -hmm. um I, i was gonna say i guess we should probably say if you haven't watched like the the first Mandalorian season in a while um, this character, Pershing, was the doctor that originally wanted Grogu for the cloning stuff yes. in the first season. Just he if was you the haven't... imperial officer working with the client. Yes. And for working specifically for um, Gideon. Yes. I, I realized, I was like, oh, we should probably provide some context. But um, yeah. there's a fun, fun little tidbit. We get to see this really nice scene where Pershing is being driven to the amnesty housing and just this really gorgeous shots of Coruscant. Oh, uh, speaking of which, just to continue our recap, Pershing is part of the amnesty program. Yes. Which is really fascinating. It's this program of, they are like re... It's a rehabilitation. Yeah, they're reintroducing post uh, ex-imperials into the new society Mm -hmm. and giving them a second chance, which is really cool because that is not something the imperial, the empire would have done. They would have been, oh, you are part of this like they would have just killed everyone, anyone mm-hmm. immediately. Oh wait, sorry, not killed. Sent to a camp or sent to a. Uh, a they farm. gotta go. They gotta go build the Death Star. <laughs> no, last week we we established that you go to a farm. Uh, yeah, if you criticize could, Palpatine, you go to a farm. You go live on a farm with the rest of the retired clones and with their pensions <laughs> and the younglings and anyone. <laughs> and <who's>... Mace. <laughs> um, there's like this funny little tidbit where the robot's telling Pershing about all the nice things about Coruscant and he talks about they have a hyperspace technology museum. And I was like, you know who else has hyperspace technology? Who, Rachel? The Purgles. Space whales. The space whales. Space whales. From Rebels. Um, so one thing, I, so he goes to the amnesty housing. The amnesty housing is extremely similar to where Cyril and his mother lived in Andor. And yeah. that honestly, that might just be what apartments look like in Coruscant. But it was like, it was part, I was like, that seems just super familiar. One thing I want, one thing I noticed though, so Pershing gets there. And so, you know, we talked about, so it's obvious he's gone through the reintegration camp or uh, I think that's what they called it or the, re- the school, whatever, the reintegration program. Yeah. He gets there. They don't have names. They have numbers. Yes. Which is one of my... It's so weird because it's like, cool, they're reintegrating the Imperials mm. back into... um, Back into... uh society. society. They've taken their names. They've given them numbers, which is just... It's a very strange decision by the writers. Because on the one hand, there's a logic, I think, to... You were evil... And this name ties you to that, both for you mentally, but also other people might be able to identify you by that name. So we're going to change your name. But I feel it it doesn't match what you would think the New Republic would be 
just to give them like that seems so inhumane to give them a number unless it's like once you fully graduate from the process then you get a name your name i I, it feels a little too i think sometimes writers want to try a little too hard to make something Mm -hmm. like feel whatever that doesn't quite ring true to me everything else does like him not having an actual uh, therapist but having a robot that checks out yeah him having this menial job where he doesn't really get to do much that checks out them like putting them all in the same house and like keeping them kind of sectioned off from society that all makes sense but they're also allowed to leave they're allowed to go to this within like, a perimeter park. but it must be pretty good because they're allowed to go unaccompanied True. to this like festival or carnival or whatever it is downtown i just it gets a little bit if if they really want us to think that the new republic is so whatever mm-hmm. evil if you're trying to say evil or just like not like it gets a little too uh radical centrist mm-hmm. where you're like well both sides are actually yeah. not that that is in the, in the show i don't think the show is quite that it is obviously the empire was obviously mm-hmm. evil and i like what i was really worried about was when pershing showed up at the amnesty house and there were these other ex-imperials they were all going to be like mean to him and like you can't sit with us. I, I miss the empire like, like they, yes. they're like humans i really like that they're humans mm-hmm. um so the show is showing just truly because you are a bad guy does not exactly. make you bad guy i do think it is an incredible episode but the name thing i feel unless there's more information and it's a show yeah. there might be more information that we don't know yet it feels a little bit like you're sending me mixed signals about who exactly mm-hmm. who the old republic new republic th- is one thing i need to double check so i wonder there's a book called bloodlines which is about leia post return of the jedi becoming senator uh-huh. um i need to read that because i'm curious to see she gets a smear campaign against her it's that spoilers i guess for bloodline it came out a couple uh-huh. years ago she gets a smear campaign against her because someone finds out vader is her dad uh-huh. and people are like hey that's no good <laughs> and so um i want i need to read that it's on my list it's on my shelf of star wars books to read um all the novelizations but i'm curious to see if there's maybe some references in there but uh so he gets to go to work excuse me which are in cubicles which is also i thought looked similar to where surreal worked yes just a little more rebelsy how intentional it is or it just there is maybe they just a lot of parallels um it's, but it's, it's less it's not great but it is less like oppressive yes feeling than the imperial stuff in andor i was just gonna move on because one thing i wanted to say that his supervisor said in that scene said happy bendu day Go continue and bendu is and i'm so confused on what that means i don't know if that's the name of a weekday because we get another weekday. I think it is a weekday, yeah. But it was very interesting because, I mean, of course, he's like, I mean, granted, I go to my office and I'm like, ha ha, happy Monday. You know, <laughs> you know, the yeah, corporate uh-huh. small talk. But it was just very interesting. Happy Bendu Day. Because if you've seen Rebels, you recognize Bendu as the um, great force sensitive eldritch horror <laughs> uh, from season two. That is like kind of neutral. Yeah, and I won't dive too much into that, but that was kind of well, fun. Well, that word Bendu actually comes from the 
early, early like screenplay. Oh, does it? Okay. They, it was the name for the Jedi. I think they called Jedi Bindu originally. So that's where that word comes Mace from. Mace Bindu. <laughs> Very nice. Um. Um and. I thought there was another interest. Oh, so at his job, we learned that he is like cataloging all this Imperial oh. stuff that they're destroying. And he's like, this stuff could be useful. We're just kind of learning that they are just destroying all things empi- yep. Empire. Um, and just mindlessly, just get rid of it. It's Empire. We're going to destroy it. And he's been convinced by a fellow. Um, they, sorry, before you move on. Go on. They also make a comment that. Um, they're also in the process of decommissioning the rebel fleet too. Oh yeah, they which mentioned was that. Yeah, really interesting because I mean it would kind of make sense that they would be cataloging all that, you know, make sure there's not too many just random hammerheads floating around out there. <laughs> but it was just kind of it was very interesting because I feel like it's one of those things where a lot of this show, I don't know, it just kind of showed like, you know, we're a new government, so we really need to take a note of everything that we have, even if it was stuff we used. Mm-hmm. So probably like taking it, we can't just have like, you know, with the rebels, okay, it was a little disorganized, but I guess now that we're an organized entity, we can't just have people floating around. And if those were Imperial ships, cause we know rebels stole them, mm-hmm. stuff like that, which I just thought was kind of an interesting tidbit. Yeah. Uh, but so you talked, sorry. So he's got a truce, Pershing. Yeah. And so he has become friends with a fellow um, woman at the, uh, where he lives. I'm probably mm-hmm. blanking on what they called it. Uh, the oh, Amnesty Housing. Amnesty and Housing, she worked yeah. with, with Moff Gideon. She was on Moff Gideon's yes. ship. It, yeah. I think he recognizes her pretty quickly, but they, she said, they mentioned that mm-hmm. they both, and I recognize, I knew I recognized yep. her. She, she actually was on, on the uh, command yes. deck. Which I'm a little surprised she survived that because I'm pretty sure she was on there when our band of heroes attacked. I don't know. Mm. I thought they killed everyone, but um, <laughs> maybe she wasn't on there that episode. I'd be interested. Luke, not just the men, <laughs> but the women and the stormtroopers too. Uh, and she um, reveals later that her name is Elia Kane. She's played by Katie M. O'Brien. She hasn't done much, mostly television, but she was in the new Ant-Man, um, which none of us have seen. So. Really? Who was she? <laughs> have you seen it? No. Gentora? No, I'm not a clue. Yeah. I haven't seen it because my coworker saw it and went, it was bad. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I mean, yeah, that's what everyone has There's no, seemingly no good reason to see it. So, but she's in it. That, and so good, she seemed. Good for her. She's uh, owned by Disney now. Good for her. Um. <laughs> And so, oh, okay. So here's a weird, quick parallel. Um, one of the two actors who plays the body of the Mandalorian is named Latif Crowder, the black market dealer that they were dealing with at the beginning of this week's Bad Batch. Names was Lance Crowder. I don't know if that is a coincidence Lance. or not. Okay, it's <laughs> <laughs> a inside joke there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so they get to talking, and he mentions, uh, so them being Dr. Pershing and Elia Kane, um, Pershing mentions that he misses the, like, yellow travel biscuits they gave them in their uh, rations in the mm-hmm. Empire, and in the middle of the night, he hears a knock at the door, and he opens it, and there's a box there full of them, 
Um, and she had mentioned in the conversation that you couldn't get them on the core worlds at all. So, yep. and then she reveals later that it was her who got him, and he, she convinces him to like continue his research because mm-hmm. um, it could help the New Republic. And so they have to go to uh, a Star Destroyer that's being decommissioned to uh, find the materials and the travel is just fun itself like it's just literally them walking and getting on a was effectively a subway not a subway because it's not underground but like a yeah like yeah it'd be more similar to a monorail except for it's of course it's star wars it's flying through the air with which always raises the question how does anyone know where to drive on coruscant (laughs) there's nothing guiding and if it was all controlled by robots i'd understand but there are people driving things so anyways um it's just enjoyable just and most always this kind of stuff always reminds me of the video games mm-hmm. which star wars yep. star wars video games are almost as important to me as the movies um and just just feeling just walking around this the scale the environment the costumes it all feels so yeah. star warsy um and it's just an enjoyable few minutes of uh just aliens around the in the conversation and um it's another oh sorry well like i mentioned earlier little moment of awe um he they get on the 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 v, the transportation and it takes off and pershing looks over his sh- shoulder and just sees the city and it's just a really nice little moment um it's it's like we're getting a lot maybe not a lot but we're getting more and more episodes humanizing the imperials totally we got it last episode with the outpost um you know we of course we have now, to mention the honorable ones episode. humanizing last so last week the outpost in bad in a, batch in a way we're when i say humanizing what i mean is like showcasing the it's in because my head. the 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 officer in last week's episode of the bad batch was exactly like you expect an, an imperial officer to to behave mm-hmm. so what i wouldn't say that's necessarily humanizing well, not, i'm talking more about crosshairs development <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I guess he's technically Empire, but like we're seeing, I feel like more content showing that the Empire is not just, you know, an evil entity with bad guys in it, but sure. I mean, granted, I'm not going to excuse Pershing or excuse some <laughs> of the things these guys have done. I do not condone the Empire. Um, just a very interesting side because i think it they painted these two they painted pershing who was a minor antagonist in the mm-hmm. first season you know everyone hated him because he wanted to i don't know drain grogu or something yeah like, so interesting painting him not as they're making them they're making everything i feel like a lot of imperials more rounded oh sure i mean that's the whole Less point one of finn um they even do that a little bit with hux um and obviously with uh your your boy from rebels yeah i'm not saying they didn't i just thought i was a little confused by your reference the outpost didn't necessarily do that i I would say that crosshair's got a long way to go crosshair is more of a redemption arc because he was he just he was around before the empire anyways i see i see your point um and so they travel across the city and they get to the star destroyer and there is zero security but that how, also might be on purpose how also how are these two better at stealth than the entire bad batch yeah oh and as they were doing this i said <laughs> uh my new favorite genre of star wars is doing sneaky stuff on on coruscant because Which, 
That was some of the best stuff in Andor. Mm -hmm. It was one of the best episodes of this season of The Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. Probably the... Actually, yeah. The the Coruscant episodes were good. Second best episode of the whole show, probably, um, of of Bad Batch. So, like, just people sneaking around on, uh, especially imperial well i guess it's not imperial <laughs> if this i is... had a nickel for every episode in recent stars we've gotten where we have a couple of people sneak onto a decommissioned or being repaired imperial ship i'd have two nickels <laughs> yeah it's weird it it is interesting i think i think they're potentially i was starting to think this and it's starting to become a little bit more true is i think they intentionally waited to, to release bad batch alongside mandalorian season three because they want because they were companion pieces it seems like there's a lot of between the imperial science element between the coruscant element um what else are we getting i feel like there's probably a few more elements in there um there is certainly parallels to these two shows but also it could have very easily been released alongside andor as well so uh because actually it would make this more more broad parallels because bad batch is about living under a new empire and this new mando's mm-hmm. about living under new, new mando we've seen quite a bit of the new republic yeah dude probably has a million speeding tickets on his record you mean mando or <laughs> yeah mando. Uh-huh. um and so they get to the ship and they find the stuff and they have some nice moments where she reveals they they say their real names to each other and she's pen, been flirting with them the whole time pen pershing who sounds like pen pushing honestly yeah. Uh, and I don't like it's weird because I don't like to be the person when like two characters interact I'm like oh, they're a couple I don't I don't like to be that person but <laughs> and uh, Penn had way more chemistry mm-hmm. than Fee and Tech have had in like how many like three episodes <laughs> absolutely and then they get out and they get busted but they only arrest him she, she snitched it's a little unclear exactly what her role is or exactly what she did. I think she's just a... I thought... I feel like she's a spy. She... Well, it's very clear that she is still... By a later action, we'll talk about in a second. She's, she, we know as watchers that she's still Imperial. Mm-hmm. But what her exact role within the New Empire mm-hmm. is, because the cops show up and arrest him and he, she grabs the box that he had of all mm-hmm. the uh, science stuff and very scientific science stuff uh and walks off so was it always a sting operation did she Mm -hmm. from the new republic's perspective did she intentionally set him up and let him go through all this she just she could say she just gave him a push is she going to pass off that cloning stuff to a third party source that wants to clone palpatine but my question is like what exactly is her role like, are they intentionally setting up these ex-imperials to see how they behave when slightly encouraged mm-hmm. to break the law? Do they like? Do they know that she set it up? Like, I'm just serious, curious from the New Republic's perspective, what was she doing? Like, did she lie? Mm-hmm. And, and why does she? Ha- why is she not arrested? I guess is the the base question. I know, and well, and they were just gonna kind of give him a little brain tickle. Yes. At first, I mean, and then she fried him. Yes, so... Fully scrambled his neurons. So they put him... So they had mentioned earlier in the episode, they were talking about rumors about what happened to Moff Gideon. Mm -hmm. They say someone said that he escaped while on his uh, way to a war tribunal. Someone else said that was a cover story and they actually mind flayed him, which we now know is some sort of like brain scrambling device. Yeah. Um, And 
so they bring this thing out and uh this the, uh the vr headset a a different mon calamari is trying to encourage him and saying we know the we know that the uh it's just the, the transition is difficult it's and just we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna try some experimental technology to make you feel better and have some good emotions and he's and, solid mon calamari <laughs> and uh he can see out the window i believe he can see kane and he's uh pershing that is and is saying you set me up you set me up or you lied or something like that and he looks at the machine he's like that's a mind flayer and the no it's not yeah the mon calamari is like oh it's the same thing but this is a lot lighter we found it it's, it's actually quite relaxing i actually experienced it myself which makes me wonder if he was also ex-imperial mm. um and no, we don't really see too many non-humans yeah i know but why else would he, would he have gone through it maybe he's maybe he's maybe it could be used to treat ptsd if he mm. was part of the rebel alliance Illumotherapy. And so we see him being like this like electricity going through his brain and we see him smiling and uh, the, they put some things on over his eyes to make him see colors. So it seems to be doing its job, mm -hmm. whether it's ethical or not against his will <laughs> is a, I think that's uh, that's very questionable. But um, this officer is talking to Kane. He's like, we're so glad to have you for it's every failure. We have someone shame. like you. And then he walks, that officer just walks up. Everyone just leaves. Mm -hmm. And Kane is left alone. And she just cranks up the dial on the machine. And it goes from like blue electricity to red electricity. And he starts struggling. Yeah. Um, so either he's a vegetable or he's dead. <laughs> and so clearly she is still Imperial. She's probably still working for Gideon or someone equivalent. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the end of the episode. Oh, no, it's not. There's a whole. No, it's not. A, like a minute episode there's a whole other mandalorian segment in this episode of andor um so it then cuts back to anyways back on the farm uh our fr our mandalorian friends and they go back to wherever the mandalorian clan was at the beginning of the first episode where they were doing their uh as someone referred to in a video their florida baptism <laughs> <laughs> um and oh i skipped one note from earlier uh, when Pershing was trying to tell them that he was f set up, he looks straight at the Mon Calamari and goes, it was a trap! <laughs> and then it cuts back just, to the, the feel like... Mon Calamari. So anyways, on to the rest of it. Um, the episode mm -hmm. of The Mandalorian with the actual Mandalorian. <laughs> they return to... The convent. Yeah, the convent. The rest of the, of the, cult. <laughs> the um, cult. And just to prove... That's why he, that's why Mando got the little I think a vial of water. I can't believe that worked. <laughs> well, she like mixes it into something else and it reacts, and clearly that's enough evidence for the uh, the armorer. And she's like, "Yes, you've been redeemed." Which I guess they were setting it up since season one that there are consequences if you take off your helmet. Then will you learn? Um, but the actual explanation of what happened was not introduced until boba fett mm -hmm. so this has been a problem for a whole four episodes of of star wars television and it's already like it just this goes back to what we talked about last week of just them this like speed running through solving these problems speed running. um and i guess ultimately it was all just a thing to bring bo katan back into the mix because now she's been also officially redeemed yeah and uh so <laughs> that was funny You've also been redeemed. 
and Bogotan was like, mm. and they're like, did you not? Did you bathe in the waters? Yes. <laughs> Have you removed your helmet since then? No. And everyone cheered. <laughs> and then I was like, let's get turned into an Ewok party then. <laughs> ba, da, da, da. <laughs> and party rock. Um, so that's the end of the episode. And they're all like, oh, sorry. <laughs> they're all like, <laughs> tap, tap. Laptop. They're all like, tap, tap. Um, you know, give them little shoulder pats. And Bogotan is definitely like, Mm. <laughs> <laughs> don't like touching like, mm. she always walks with her arms out like this <laughs> like not quite a t-pose but halfway there so overall good episode really good episode it just phenomenal it had, it had action it had story it had subtext it had really strong like character interactions the performances were good it didn't needlessly repeat a whole segment of its own episode you didn't have people just pointing out things like it was a Teletubbies episode um, these are all obviously criticisms of last week's episode. Um, yeah, and I thought to myself while watching it, if them speed running through Grogu and the Mandalorian being reunited so that they could allow an episode like this to happen. I'm down for it. All for I'm it. I'm a little up. I'm still, still struggling with forgiveness for uh, shunning Boba. But, you sure. know... <laughs> We could still see him. Yeah, I would. We could still see him. It would be funny if the rest of the season, like, I guess you could say last episode, the first episode was a Grief Karga slash Anzellan's episode. The second episode was a Bo-Katan Grogu episode. This was was an episode of Andor starring Dr. Pershing. If every episode is just starring some other character, that's cool with me. Yeah, Mando finally getting hijacked in his own show. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, time to move on to everyone's favorite segment of the podcast. Woo! Meme minute, but it's longer than a minute. Oh, I got meme a parsec, meme astro second, whatever. Um, start us off, Rachel. Uh, I'm gonna start with I think the pictures first. Uh, so I saw this time. It said Grief's outfits are getting ridiculous, and it's the comparison of season one, two, and three. And then it uh, says season four, and it's a pic. It's a picture. I think little Nas X from um that yearly yes i almost sent that to you ball thing that uh-huh. the celebrities go gala at met gala i don't yeah, i don't like know that. either way it was super funny um oh my gosh these are the only things that i can really just like say i i put them in the meme category yeah i went to an antique store over the weekend actually it's more like an antique mall it's very large and i saw this toy called a convertible series robot spaceship and it's an off it's an off-brand transforming toy phenomenal it is so funny and it was like 18 bucks and it looks a lot like rodimus from g1 so it's kind of funny um i will keep this pretty brief um the antique store in another stall was selling a mandalorian black series figure for 20 bucks with missing items which is like not fully retail but not too far from it and i was like Mm. the heck um i also found old like vintage like revenge of the sith era toys oh interesting Um, i found 19 like like 1998 
Padme Amidala Barbie collectors. Like collector's wow. editions. It's like early episode one toys. Yeah, like early, early toys. Um, a Saw Gerrera jump scare. Fuckle Pop. <laughs> you cannot escape him. And then, you know what I still found? I still found... Return of the Jedi Lando Calrissian Black Series figures at an antique store. I was so mad. Cannot escape. And then I think the last couple things I saw, I saw some uh, Rebels toy figures, uh, um, which I did not buy. I was a little tempted. And then I saw a really cool figure that I honestly really considered. It's, um, it is a Gentle Giant Studios Star Wars Rebels Stormtrooper uh, maquette. Mach- Ma- uh, maquette statue very cool looked great had a stand and everything a hundred dollars and i was like i would pay 20 maybe 25 i probably would have bought it for 25 maybe 30 but i was like what <laughs> uh-huh. um i'll let you do the memes but those that's my antique store some of the antique store travel <laughs> yes and it is bizarre how much star wars stuff is in an antique mall out here in the middle of almost nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so this meme I love. This is a video. Um, it's a it's a meme that's been around for a little bit, and you could definitely see this meme has run its course because it's kind of run up. I feel like I had not seen this version before, and this is a really excellent version of this meme. And I'm just gonna let it play. Oh, oh, my volume's not working. Sorry, I, I thought I had my volume up. That's weird. Surviving Jedi. Trust in the Force. Then, you want to meet him? We will each be challenged. Our trust, our faith, our friendships. But we must persevere. And in time, a new hope will emerge. Hello there. And we're headbanging. Just so this is fun for this podcast since it is a uh, combination of both of our interests. And the uh, the caption on that video was, "If Kenobi came out 2007, that's obviously the end credits song from the original trans- live action Transformers film." But I have not seen anyone do that meme joke and actually try to replicate the Optimus Prime speech at the end of that movie mm-hmm. with audio from the yeah. thing. So using Obi-Wan's uh, broadcast from the Jedi Temple yeah. at the end of that, so good. So mm-hmm. funny. Uh, but then ending with the hello there, which is still part of it's, it's all footage from the very end of the Kenobi show. Ah, love it. So I, I thought that was a really That's good scared. find. I've got I've got a lot. Go for it. Um. So someone posted the clip from, uh, Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, where it's the scene in the town where it's the infamous scene where I think Harrison Ford had like dysentery uh, during the scene, and the guy comes out with a sword to try to kill him, and he's being all flashy and hot. And <laughs> Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, just shoots him. And it's just captioned, Inquisitors trying to kill the ghost crew with their spinny lightsabers. <laughs> and, you know, it's got the guy prepping with the sword and he's already. Right, and it just, and then it says Ezra with the Glock saber. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, man. The, I, 
the Glock City. You haven't like seen the new uh, Puss in Boots, have you? I have not. I have not. I've seen some good clips. Um, and so uh, it's, it's Bo-Katan telling Din how miserable she was being Mandalorian royalty and why she absolutely had to join a violent extremist group. And so... You know, I never had much as a kid. Just loving parents and stability in a mansion and a thriving baked goods enterprise for me to inherit. Useless crap like that. <laughs> That's it. You know, I think that was probably just uh, John Mulaney talking in real life, and they just cut on. That was the voice, was John yeah, Mulaney. Yeah, that is John Mulaney. That just sounds like something John Mulaney would say in real life, because the, um, that seems to reflect his real-life personality. Another one I had, it's so, this is this is a very popular video that everyone said it's the people in the bar a lot of times it's edited with the dvd floating um yes and you know it hits the corner and goes Wah! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. someone edited that scene from last week bad batch episode where crosshair shoots that lieutenant that's great. and everyone erupts into that's cheers so good um very cute this is this is what you're just gonna have to see it's from it's from g1 transformers g1 all right, it, on this, yeah, so, visual memes just, are very good for this audio it's, format. It's just the way the animation is. <laughs> oh, the you know we we've watched quite a few episodes of Transformers G One, and at some point we will discuss G One. But one of my favorite elements of that show is the constant flying <laughs> from all of the and. Until we started watching this show, my only real exposure to Transformers was the live action films in which very few of them fly. We're culturing him. But there is the running joke of Optimus Prime randomly being able to fly at the end of Transformers 4, but he can do it because he's got like booster feet. The Transformers, every single Transformer can seemingly just fly just without any sort of propulsion. Unless they need to. Yeah. Remember uh, the, t- they like drown. the first time they drowned. And in this clip, Rachel just showed me he's flying, but he's also swinging around a mace. But he's also really slow. But it's also really slow. <laughs> it's really good. Um, okay, I got a video for you. Um, uh, I'm going to have to do another sensor uh, on this one. Lightsabers are blue. Lightsabers are red. I cut you in half. What? Aren't you dead? <laughs> oh, man. I need to write down the time code for that. <laughs> All the time codes. Yeah, I got um, two time codes so far. Um, here's another one. In Star Wars Attack of the Clones 2002, Owen Lars tells his wife he will paint the ceiling tomorrow. 22 years later, in a <laughs> new home, he still hasn't painted it. Oh, man. Yeah, so if you look and, at the, the roof of the little dining room in the Lars homestead... And the top, sorry. Uh, the It just looks like they started painting the roof and then just stopped. Mm-hmm. And the top comment under that is, this has been a relatable male moment of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, I have so many. Okay, another one. Here's, here's a, okay, so I captioned this. Uh, Obi-Wan asking Rex if he knows about Anakin and Padme's relationship. What? know that there was um an illegal gambling operation going on just down the street from where you live no it was illegal what is that i ain't heard nothing about that no arrests have been made at this point <laughs> you know that there was i don't know about that it's his face too when he says it. he's like uh-huh. oh, I, don't about that. <laughs> I just like the idea of rex being a terrible liar <laughs> which we see in season seven of the clone wars um uh, it says so Star Wars really said, "You guys are tired of Skywalkers. Fine, I'll give you the Fets." And it's a picture of o- Omega and Boba. 
<laughs> Say it one more time. Star Wars really said, quote, you guys are tired of Skywalkers? Fine, ah. I'll give you the fets. <laughs> um, yeah. Love that. Here's another video. Everybody says the same thing about their friend that's single, which is they're too picky. If they just wouldn't be so picky, they'd be married by now. There you go. Yeah, but from that side, I speak for those who are the single ones who say, I am not. I am. Oh. I'm not picky, is what he said. Somebody was right. And I want someone who's right. Props to George Lucas. I just think that's funny because... We've had this exact conversation recently. We have this exact conversation. But also the thing is, he's been previously married Yeah, before. yeah. But now he's single now. He got divorced. It's a... I definitely recommend looking up in the story of... Looking up the... Lucas's Lucas divorce is hilarious. Um... As, I guess that's not as funny as it is just I love Lucas out here affirming the seriousness of marriage and how you should, uh, if you're single doesn't mean you're too picky. It means you've got good standards sometimes. Not everyone. Some people are not too picky. Ah, I'm not going to go into the whole relationship thing. Anyways. Um, I saw this meme. Which mall do you feel like today? Silent and reserved episode one mall. Angry and insane pre-prosthetic mall. Confident and Chad, King of Mandalore Mall. Weird old hobo man Malachor Mall. <laughs> and then the last one is uh, the picture where Maul finally makes it to Tatooine and it's just captioned Kenobi. <laughs> um, I've got some really fun comments I found on Reddit last week concerning uh, the Mandalorian episode. Mandalorian. One said, uh, the mythosaur is no longer a myth. It's now a confirmasaur. Oh, <laughs> And uh, this other comment, there's some people being um, a little, uh, uh, I guess the, the term on the internet is they should be sent to horny jail because uh, of the way they were talking about uh, Bo-Katan and, and, and Mando. Oh. And someone just commented, space bonk. Sp <laughs> space gonk. <laughs> space bonk, space gonk. Um... <laughs> I got a meme. Of course, it's the infamous Master Skywalker. There are too many of them. What are they going to do? And it's the picture of Anakin. But he goes, what did you call me? And he goes, Master Skywalker. And the next picture is all of these little... It's the same kid actor copied and pasted, edited next to Anakin Skywalker storming the Jedi Temple with red lights. Uh -huh. It's good. I, I've seen that before. I like that one. He's a Transformers meme. Um, one of my favorite podcasts called The Weekly Planet. They constantly will just like... I like rename a movie um whatever they want to call it while they're talking about it or they will like obviously like come up with joke movies and then fans will make their own posters of the movies and one here and sometimes I'll get the reference from the podcast sometimes I I will not have heard it before or I've forgotten about it when I see it but they're always funny when they show up on social media for me um because there's a whole Instagram page dedicated to this and this one is just called Cogman Begins <laughs> Cogman being the, the little Transformers guy from Transformers Technically, 5. Technically, he's a headmaster. He was supposed to be a headmaster, yeah. but that's... that's <laughs> you mentioned that before. Yeah. But just to open up Instagram, this you can, you can see at the top of the screenshot, you can see that this is the very top post recommended for me. Just to <laughs> open up Instagram, it's Cogman Begins. It's so funny to me. So I have a meme that I will explain verbally, but I, w I just want to show it to you, see if you understand it. Is his name Domino? close fives yeah it's five. Oh my uh, gosh <laughs> <laughs> so this is from i believe i think it's the end of season five 
uh-huh. that this happens. Um, it's the scene where Fives near finds out about the chips, and you know, then he dies. Is it's it's the frame where Fives has been shot, uh-huh. and it's got the little blaster hole in his chest. The top at the top picture is a picture of a domino. Where the top has five dots and the bottom has one, it's so it's good. like fives of the Domino Squad uh-huh. shot. Oh, he's in the Domino Squad. Yeah, that's oh, that's the, real the perfect. Squad. Oh man, that's really good. That's a good joke. I like that. This meme is not as funny as it is. Points out a kind of an interesting note. Um, it's the the meme uh, comic of the brain is talking to the woman who's trying to sleep. It says, "Hey, how? Hey, are you <laughs> sleeping? Yes. Now shut up." Uh, and the brain says, why are some ships in Star Wars named after alphabet letters when they use Arabesh? Arabesh is the Star Wars language, written language. Um, originally, in the original cut of New Hope, they did use English. But ever since then, and in the new special editions, and in every subsequent version, they have a fictional written language in all written uh, forms in Star Wars, which raises the question, why do they have something called an X-Wing and an A wing and a B wing and a Y wing. What do those terms mean in Star Wars? Maybe that's why the B wing doesn't look anything like a letter B. Mm. <laughs> so it's uh it's kind of a fun little canonical detail. Um, I got a meme. It's the it's the it's from Clone Wars where Palpatine just absolutely owns Maul and Savage. Uh huh. And it's where it's Maul says, "Please have mercy," and Palpatine's like, "There is no mercy." It just like shocks him, but it's captioned. The Amazon delivery guy, please have mercy. Me saying the dark saber must be worth must be one in combat <laughs> to the death. There is no mercy. <laughs> yes, very good. That is a good one. I have no response to it, but it's funny. <laughs> this is my final one. I'm gonna close out with a very very silly and, joke. And I have two more. I'll keep it brief. Um, it just says no time to explain. Get in the car, car binks. And it's a Hot Wheel that's just Jar Jar Binks' oh. face. Uh, oh. um, and that's right. it for the week for me. <laughs> I, I just got, I had a couple more I didn't share because they weren't that good, but I've got two. It's a scene from one of the Vader comics. It's a screenshot. Uh, and, and Vader is saying this. This is the quote. The reports are correct. Skywalker was one of the Jedi Order's most skilled generals. <laughs> and Vader himself <laughs> is saying this. And the picture down below is, I think it's the picture of Obama awarding... It, the Medal of Honor to, to himself. Joe Biden. <laughs> it's Anakin's face. Yeah. The, so originally it was the original image was oh, yeah. Biden was Obama putting the award on a, on Biden, Obama. but then someone photoshopped so that he's putting the award on himself. Yeah. <laughs> so now this is the second layer of Photoshop where it's Anakin giving an award um, to Anakin. So you know, and so this is the last one I'll close out with. I made this one myself. It's kind of low effort, but I love it. So you know, last episode Din uh, takes a little bit of a tumble in the pond, um, and I think right before. It was either right before or after he gets out. Bogotan's like, Din, are you okay? And so I, I got to show this to you. So, you know. That's <laughs> 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 so good. Oh my gosh. Can you explain for our listeners what you just showed so me? So it's just, it's very simple. It's just the caption Din, are you okay? It's the screenshot from Andor episode 10 where Kino stops and the, the line is just, can't swim. So good. Oh, that does remind oh, me of a man. thought that I had just a few days ago that I meant to bring up on the pod. I'm laughing too hard. I'm going to give myself a headache. I don't. 
the spoilers for multiple different films, including <laughs> Dawn of the or War for the Planet of the Apes. Can't swim. Um, I don't know why we were surprised that Andy Serkis's character died at the end of that. He dies in everything he's known for. He died as Caesar the ape mm. in Planet of the Apes. He died as Snoke. Snoke. He died um, as Ulysses Claw in Black Panther, and now he's died here. It, it wasn't on screen. It wasn't. Dink die on screen. It didn't happen. I have a hard time believing. They gave him a floaty and they got him to <laughs> There were some great like illustrations oh, on the internet so of like them like pushing floaties with him it's on like, it or it's something. It's like the Jack and Rose debacle, but Ken Kino survived swimming five miles of water. Uh-huh. But either way, I thought that, that was the first thought in my head when we saw that. Can't swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the most de- the scene that made me cry in Andor. <laughs> I think that wraps up the pod for this week. Um, did you, unless you had another meme. No, I, That's I, it. That's a good one to close on. <laughs> As always, thank you to Caleb Jacoby for our intro and outro music. Props yeah, to our very own company. Rachel for doing the artwork. Props to me for producing and editing. Props to our supervisor, my cat. Oh, yeah. We didn't hear at all from Athena this week because she's been napping over there. She stole my spot on the couch that's warm. Um, That's her spot. <laughs> well, it's Excuse my spot you. while I'm here. Uh, we used to sit on the other side of the couch. We, know, we, we, kinda, we kinda, I feel like we alternate every Star Wars show. Oh, maybe I just rearrange the, yeah, probably it. the couch. I normally just sit where you don't sit. You just started sitting on the other side. Anyways, um, it's because I give guests, leave the, us a review yeah. on iTunes or iPodcast or podcast app, or whatever it is called, or Spotify or wherever, or send us a review directly. In either way, we'll read it off on the pod if it's um, appropriate. If it's <laughs> negative, I'll still read it <laughs> gladly. But you guys just, are. Just, <laughs> We're gonna get a we're gonna get a bunch of joke reviews from our friends. I would love that. That'd be <laughs> this great. This is terrible. Send us something to read. Um, feel free to send us memes, send us questions, send us hot takes, send us something Men. to read on the pod. We'll uh, gladly uh, call, give you a shout out. Um, and that's it for this week, episode ten. We're through ten episodes Ooh. of podcasting. Kind of crazy. We started the first week of the year, and we're now midway through March. So we're that's crazy. So we're quarter of the way through the year. It's Don't remind interesting. me. Oh my gosh! So as always, uh, this is Cameron and Rachel signing off, saying, "Let David Oyello play live action Callus or Calcastus or whoever. No! I don't care. Calcastus has his actor. <laughs> Good night, everybody. It's mo capped. <laughs> <laughs>